I didn't like, you know, shorts, tans. I, I was naked all the time. I was always <laughs> running around naked. And I never got caught. Welcome to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. Kick back and enjoy the musings of James, John, David, Joseph, and Ben, five brothers raised decades ago on a dysfunctional farm in western Idaho. Welcome to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. Today is the 13th of December, 2009. I am James. I'm John. I'm David. I'm Joseph. I'm Ben. Gentlemen, we had a great podcast in our last episode. We talked about the things that we did that we got in trouble for, and the reception of that podcast was good, to say the least. I think that we related to a lot of people out there especially those who have done similar types of things and who have similarly gotten in trouble for those things. As I was reflecting on it, it occurred to me that there were plenty of other things that we did that we did not get in trouble for that maybe we should have. So this week's podcast topic is going to be just that. Well, things we did that uh, we got away with, things we did that perhaps we should have paid some price for and uh, didn't. I'm certainly not uh, asking for anyone to confess to anything that could put them in trouble or put them in trouble with law enforcement. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> End up going to jail from a yeah, exactly. So, if you're if there's anything in you know anything that uh, would qualify, please keep it to yourself. Um, I'm not asking. James? Yes, Ben. This may be a good time to jump in. Um, I invited my family attorney along for the ride today. And he's advised me that I shouldn't share any of my stories for, uh, for a, a multitude of reasons. So I'll just kind of participate in this. When he gives me the nod, I'll share something. All right. So That's all right. That's all right, Ben. I could probably provide a little bit of hearsay. <laughs> uh, you can, you can counter that with whatever you want. You know what? That might just be an entertaining element of the podcast. Uh, I object. <laughs> if we if we have any um, unsubstantiated rumors about the others that we would like to clarify at this time, it might be a good time to do that. I don't know. I'll leave it up to you. If if, uh, if nobody's got anything they want to start off with, uh, I want to start off with one that I never got in trouble for, uh, and never, uh, I don't think anybody ever was ever aware. The last time I talked about blowing up that television. Uh, if you remember, there was this old black and white TV. Um, I opened it up thinking I could repair it and ended up doing something very bad, blowing it up and rendering it completely useless. That would, it would be a mistake to assume that I, at that point, said, well, I'll never do that again because there were plenty of old TVs around and I took the liberty of trying to figure out how they work and trying to figure out whether or not I could repair them. Uh, it wasn't something bad per se, but I, at this time, would like to let everyone know that I did successfully repair and got working the television in the back, uh, in the back family room the one with the built-in record player. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, it had that record player that popped out the top. Mm -hmm. Oh, for anybody out there who's under the age of uh, 20, a record player <laughs> is a, it's a uh, media device where you put these big black vinyl records and they spin in a circle and the needle rides on top pulling and extracting the music from the record. Anyway, so I got that TV to work, and I used to watch TV in the back room, uh, unbeknownst to any of you, all the time. So there. <laughs> I, I, learned my, I did all my repairs on that one with it unplugged, 
I learned my uh, <laughs> I learned my lesson from that first TV. But yeah, I uh, I used to watch a lot of TV uh, in the cold, mind you, because it was never heated back there. Um, and I don't think anybody was the wiser, unless you were aware of that. Uh, to, to my knowledge, nobody knew. Hmm. No, I didn't know. Yeah, pretty pretty innocuous. I'm not, it wasn't a, yeah. you know nothing bad about that, but it was kind of like my little secret. Fix the TV. I'm not going to share. Well, I've I've got a a story about retail life. This was a I won't name the, the place, of course, because this really is kind of bad. And to this day, I feel bad about it because um, I got away with something and I should have fessed up. But uh, well, I was just a kid. Uh, worked for a retail shop, a big one, um, and I was working in the stock and I was receiving. And they had just. Well, part of receiving, of course, is is uh, putting the cardboard boxes in the compactor. I had a big cardboard box compactor, and I loved using that machine. You know, you'd stock it full, press a button, watch these hydraulics just crush these cardboard boxes into these big bales, and these bales were wired up and shot out for um, you know the trucks to take away. Well, I Who always had these big boxes. <laughs> Who did I put in? Yeah. Well, we're getting there, but. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't who it, it wasn't who it was it was what and you know one day one day i came into work and i had this huge pile of boxes to crush and i was excited you know all right i love doing that job and i just crushed and crushed for quite a while lots of boxes didn't think anything of it went on with the rest of my day and came back into work the next day and was asked by my by my boss um what happened to the shipment of of lampshades that came in off the truck. <laughs> and I, oh, and, awesome. I, and I, I kind of thought to myself, and this is an honest answer. I don't know. I didn't put any lampshades away. <laughs> so I, I honestly answered the question. I don't know where the shipment of lampshades. I don't. I didn't put any away. I didn't know I was supposed to. I didn't see any paperwork for them. I don't know what fell through the cracks there. But after that conversation, and after I answered honestly, it was going through my mind as I was working, and I stopped, and I went back to the baler, and I looked down in this at one of the bales and sticking out of the bales were all these lampshade wires coming out all different directions. Uh-huh. I, had completely, I had completely crushed an entire shipment of lampshades from this <laughs> retail shop. Oh. I, felt, I, I, I felt bad about it and I never, I never fessed up to it. I, I mean, I would have, I would have been fired instantly and I, I think I, well, I know I should have said something. But, uh, I got away with it. Nobody ever found out. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. That, that doesn't speak to well a, me, I guess. That's a good one. <clears throat> I I should probably confess to all of you guys on something that I did. Um, and this is a this is a bit interesting to explain, but uh, do you remember our uh, savings and loan program next to the refrigerator? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the PVC pipes. Yeah, they, well, they were they were uh, CPVC pipe, and uh, they were the three inch pipe. And what was interesting oh. to me is, James, yours was the longest, and then it went in lengths down to mine, which was pretty short. But from from my early memory, we were to put coins in there, right? Right. Yeah, so my idea of savings was to just pilfer off of whatever you guys were putting in there. <laughs> I, I was always rifling through your stuff to get my own coins. Uh, so, <laughs> just thought I'd, uh, yeah, sorry, it's a bit shocking. But yeah, to, to explain it even more, so Dad put these pipes there, and I think they were capped at the bottom or something. And uh, yeah, we were just, that was our piggy bank. We were, if we ever found any spare cash, wanted to save up for something, we'd throw it in that big tube. And uh, from the looks or from my memory, if those had actually been filled up, you could have fit at least a thousand dollars in those. In oh, change. sure. Absolutely. There was a lot of room in there. Oh yeah. Sorry. All right. Well, apology accepted though. I doubt that you really got anything, anything substantial out of my pipe. No, because you were probably taking it back from mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I think there were probably days where I would just dump everything and go, hmm, I'm going to put all the copper ones here. Yeah. <laughs> put all the all the big ones there. Uh, who knows how many times that money got sorted. <laughs> oh, you know, there was one thing I was proud of um, that I got away with. Uh, you remember my, my bedroom upstairs? I had... I had maps all over the walls. Yeah. I, I wasn't into geography. They were a front. Uh, behind every single one of those maps was a pinup girl. Oh, boy. No way. <laughs> I don't believe it. I'm not kidding. I had <sighs> pinup girls behind every map. How did I miss out on that one? <laughs> <laughs> and, and when. <laughs> And I thought I thought it was so great. I had these I had these pins, and I would lift up all of my maps, and I had all these ladies around me in my bedroom. <laughs> you know, it was uh, I don't know. I I really thought I was getting away with something pretty cool back then. I even had them under you know when I, the desks, those custom desks that Dad had built. Yeah. Under every single drawer was was a pinup girl under the drawer. So when I was doing sit ups. I'd lay down or, you know, dad would be in there and I'd be, you know, laying down or doing the sit-ups or something and dad would come in there and he didn't know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he totally got away with that one, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, there there is no statute of limitations on that one, John. (laughs) (laughs) You're screwed when you go to heaven, man. (laughs) I mean, I, I inherited I inherited that room, and it was wiped clean. There was no trace <laughs> of nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that uh, I know we we did a lot of uh, had to do with fire. And I remember one of my favorite activities was to see how large a pool of uh, rubbing alcohol I could get on fire before the alcohol all evaporated away. And you, you have a very small window of time. And uh, the back patio area was concrete, and I would, you know, I would pour out a pool of rubbing alcohol and then light it on fire just to see how quickly it would evaporate and whether or not I could get the entire pool to light up, uh, which was, you know, it was all kind of fun, except when the weeds caught on fire and <clears throat> the whole, you know, that whole back area before it was uh, grass was just a big weed patch. And this this whole weed patch just started going up, uh, and I thought for sure I had set the whole thing on fire. I, I just ran out there and uh, stomping away, kicking at it, trying to get it out, and I was successful in putting the fire out, but not without significant amount of um, uh, very, very obvious fire damage. It was very clear that someone had set set the whole place on fire. And I, you know, that couldn't pass. So I spent the rest of the day uh, moving a large pile of bricks uh, to the back. (laughs) (laughs) Is it worth it? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I mean, you know, Ted came around after I'd moved the pile of bricks and he he looked at it and said, why are you putting all these, why are you putting the bricks here? And I just... I said, well, I, I thought this might be a good place for them. <laughs> oh, my. That's a lot of work. It was a lot of work. But I, yeah, I, didn't, want to, I didn't want to deal with the, 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 the ramifications of confessing to almost setting the backyard on fire. <laughs> I used to drive the cars uh, when I got home from school. Mm. Um, whichever whichever one I felt like there was that old Wait, red pref- truck. Preface this with how old were how you? Old were you? Fifteen, fourteen. Okay. okay. Somewhere around there. That's that's how I learned how to drive. Was I just grabbed a key off of the key board that Dad had, and I just would go into the Nova and take it for a spin out on those country roads, and uh, I got to about 108 miles an hour in that thing, and it was on my yeah, it was my 16th birthday where I got it up to 108 miles per hour with a friend in the car. Didn't have a driver's license, nothing, just just taking them out. Took the truck out. That's how I got good at driving a standard. And uh, just about every day, <laughs> just get home and go for a joyride. Well, I suppose out in the countryside that wasn't 
It wasn't necessarily something you were going to get caught for. No, but if I had wrecked going 108 miles an hour, I think I probably would have gotten in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. A little bit. But no one, I don't know if anybody knew. Maybe. How how did no one know that? I mean. I mean, no one was home. Where was everyone? No one was home, huh? Yeah. (laughs) I probably was at practice or something. That's why no one was around. Yeah. Because I don't remember doing that with you. I would hope not. One one thing I remember doing with you, Joseph, is uh, in the fall when uh, the geese would be flying overhead, we'd we'd get up on the barn roof with that pellet gun, and yeah. uh, <laughs> we would spend hours. And it, there were literally thousands of geese. We never were without one flock after another, and we'd take pot shots at these geese overhead, and they were within reach, but. Uh, I mean, you could tell when you either winged one or they got we got close to hitting one because they they fly out of formation. But a pellet was never enough to bring them down. We tried. Yeah, I I remember being somewhat concerned about where the pellets were landing, but I was like, ah, whatever. Because <laughs> yeah, we were shooting straight up. Yeah, straight up. We know where they landed if they landed anywhere close to us. I mean, you know, what's the danger in that? <laughs> um. Another thing I remember doing, I don't know that it was necessarily something that would get me in trouble, but uh, the crop dusters, um, summertime, flying around the, the area, and uh, the house, excuse me, the field directly to the west of our property. Um, it would either go sugar beets or corn. I think that was the rotation that they used. And uh, I remember that crop duster coming and, and spraying north to south, and I would run over to the ditch bank, and you could lay you could lay down on the ditch bank and be at eye level with the plane as it flew right for you. And uh, it was a huge adrenaline rush to see this plane, this crop duster coming right directly at your elevation, and then at the very last second break up as he finished spraying. And uh, of course, I got sprayed. <laughs> and. Uh, so I have three kids and uh, 30, 30 uh, fingers and toes all accounted for. So I'm uh, I'm still knocking on wood that that really didn't uh, soak in too much. But that was such an adrenaline rush to have that plane right in your nose. And then you just feel the wind. You can see every rivet on this thing as it just goes right up over you. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, there was summertime activity for me that I, I never got caught from anybody at home anyway, but I did get caught. Was I had a, well, you know, I was obsessed with uh, getting a tan, and I was always laying out in the sun, and and uh, I never got, the thing is, I I didn't like, you know, shorts, tans. I, I was naked all the time. I was always running around naked, and I never got caught, but I had this thing with being naked, all through being a kid and even a teenager. And this is when I was a teenager is when I got caught, so to speak. Not by mom or dad or any of you guys. But but my my spot to sunbathe all natural was up on the barn. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd climb up on the barn roof naked and I'd be laying there. And, uh, and I'd just I'd go to sleep. I'd just be there under the sun. I'd just be out asleep. It's like Seinfeld. And, and there was one time I was doing it just out and I was dreaming. And in my dreams, there was all this laughter. And I and then I woke up and the laughter didn't stop. <laughs> and, and I looked down and, you know, there was that beet or cornfield, the same cornfield or beet field you're talking about. Oh. It, it was it was full of these migrant workers just staring <laughs> <up>. <laughs> just pointing and laughing, you know. They thought that was pretty funny. And I, Were they I, you didn't hear the words John, you yeah. didn't hear the words uh the, the words uh poquito 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 <laughs> I don't know what poquito means. What oh, that's mean? okay. <laughs> I didn't know what it meant back then either. What? <laughs> I, it was hot out, so maybe poquito wasn't. I don't know, but <laughs> anyway, I, I I got my stuff and I scrambled and <laughs> kind of ran off the roof, and they just laughed even louder. You know? <laughs> 
Oh, wow. My goodness, that's great. Um, I, I have another experience, uh, John, that you were with me. And, and uh, for the record, my attorney's telling me we were fully clothed. <laughs> so I don't have any of that in my background. Um, we uh, Toilet papering. We did a lot of toilet papering. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Friends and and uh, there's one experience that uh, sticks out in my mind. I was with Clark Taylor and uh, uh, Ryan. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but we were we were probably junior high, and we begged you, John, to drive us downtown to Toilet Paper Friend's house. And you did it. You were uh, you were uh, the cool big brother that was willing to do that for us. Uh, <laughs> so we're in the middle of toilet papering and. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do you remember any of this, John? What happened? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> it didn't end up too well uh, because <laughs> the neighbors came home from a fishing trip and they were unloading, and I'm lying in the gutter pretending that they can't see me. <laughs> and they can see me. And so they called the police. And uh, long story short, we were about halfway through finishing this house, and the police. Uh, they came up and uh, woke up my friend's parents and asked them if they wanted to press charges. And they said no, but they'll be here first thing in the morning to clean up. And uh, I think, John, you had to you had to get out of the car. They frisked you, didn't they? Yeah, I was on the hood of the car. <laughs> yes, that's right. They were yelling at me to get on the hood of the car. And, <laughs> and, and you had the, when the cops showed up, you ran over to the side of the car, and I'm kind of whispering loudly whispering at you stay yeah. down stay down you know and that's you know like they're not going to see us the lights are everywhere and i think like five it, five it was, patrol cars showed up it was most of uh caldwell pd it must have yeah. been a slow night yeah i was just about to say this was their opportunity to to move out of boredom territory and let's go terrorize some high school kids. Oh, they shook us all down and scared the living daylights out of us. And we came back the next morning and cleaned up um, for sure. But that, that obviously didn't end the toilet papering. I, the, the, the last time I ever toilet papered a house, we had found a stash of commercial grade toilet paper in a friend's garage. And it was the single ply. And we discovered that if you jabbed your thumb into the, uh, like the rings on a tree, you have rings on a roll of toilet paper, just about a quarter inch, and you could tear out about an inch square and have about a hundred of those. And then if you throw them, it would be confetti. Yeah, so we, we did an entire lawn <laughs> that way. And I thought this is the greatest conquest of my toilet paper and career, you know. And just like some some loony, crazy guy, you always go back the next day to check out the damage, right? And I remember going back and uh, seeing this little kid, probably little brother of the, the guy I knew that uh, who owned the house, this little kid in a green island picking up one little piece at a time. <laughs> this, little, this, little, this little kid on a Saturday, he should be out playing t-ball, and he's got this little green island. And then the rest of the yard is just white. Oh. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to hang it up now. I think I'm done with this. <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, uh, I, you know, we got a lot of, we got away with a lot of uh, fun toilet papering uh, escapades uh, over the years. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, toilet paper was always a fun thing to play with when it came to being mischievous. Um, of course, there was always the toilet papering of the. <clears throat> of the friends and and their houses and their cars. I remember we once wrapped an entire car in toilet paper and then hosed it down uh, just enough <laughs> just enough for the toilet paper to stick to the car. And this, you know, this poor kid came to school for weeks with with bits and pieces of toilet paper still tucked stuck to his car at various places cuz it turned into this paper mache shell. Um <clears throat> we uh, we learned the hard way that you do not toilet paper a person's house with um, party streamers because oh. the yeah because the party streamer the dye that's in the party streamers uh, and the morning dew leaves these nice beautifully colored 
stripes all over the house that uh, don't come off. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm only laughing because at the time we thought that was humorous, but when we found out what, what had happened, we felt pretty badly about that. Um, one of our favorite things, though, to do with toilet paper was to go to we'd, – we'd get in the car. Me and, and John Jess would get in his car, and we would go visit like a McDonald's or a Wendy's or something. Um, and back then, the, the toilet paper dispensers in the in the restrooms there weren't all that great. But they had these huge rolls of toilet paper, uh, not as big as the ones you see in industrial size now, but still maybe twice, three times the size of a normal roll of toilet paper. And uh, we'd get a couple of rolls of toilet paper, take them out to the car, and then we'd go zipping down uh, Caldwell Nampa Boulevard. And if you take your fingers and stick your pointer fingers uh, you know, in opposing ends of a roll of toilet paper and then stick your hands out the window with the toilet paper like that with just a little bit of a tail on it at 30 miles an hour that whole toilet paper roll will just spin off in this huge long toilet paper trail following the car and we would just zip down back and forth with these huge trails of toilet paper behind us and uh, come back home with our our fingers all bloody from the spinning of the toilet paper rolls that was always a fun time yeah. Well, I remember getting, uh, I remember we would go to the cemetery, you know the cemetery up on the hill, Canyon Hill? Yeah. Uh, you know that? Yeah, I think we went there a couple Halloweens, and it was our, it was our, the purpose of it was to get police to chase us, and we would bring bottle rockets and fireworks into the cemetery. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, we'd light them off, and, and uh, sure enough, pretty soon, you know, five five minutes two minutes later there would be policemen coming into the cemetery and we'd run we'd take off running and we never got caught hmm. i remember one friend there's so many ways um, to get out of that place yeah we would actually climb to the edge of the cliff and just hang on the rocks for a while until they were gone one of my buddies he wasn't watching where he was going he ran right into a tombstone <laughs> knocked it over oh, oh. I think he climbed a tree and he got caught. Oh. Um, but I remember one time we, we went out of the cemetery and I I hid under a hedge and a policeman pulled up right next to the hedge. I was about, you know, four feet. I could hear the conversation he was having. He got out of the car. He was walking around. And I, and I laid there for about half an hour before he left. It was such a thrill. <laughs> you know, getting chased and almost getting caught. A lot of fun. <laughs> I remember once we went and, you know, the old Jefferson High School? Yeah. The old abandoned yeah. high school. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did anyone else ever go inside that? Hey, give me a second. No, no, I never did. <laughs> yeah. well, okay. Casey and I found a way to get in there. And so we went in there one day, it was during the summer, and uh, we were just walking through the place. And we knew that there was an alarm system, because the, the place we went in, there was an alarm system set up. And we looked at that, and we thought, oh, I wonder if we set off an alarm. And so we were walking around, and we were in the auditorium, and I just happened, just happened to look out this little window. And sure enough, a police officer just pulled up. And we, <laughs> Casey, Casey panicked he's like oh no we're dead <laughs> i think he was i had to tell him casey we've got to get out of here and we booked i don't know how we got out i don't remember how we got out but we got away we got on our bikes and we were out of there while the police were in there we got out and we were free but that that, that was a lot of fun we didn't get caught yeah. like i don't think i ever got caught um doing anything by a policeman mm-hmm. as a kid but um Except uh, maybe running a red light or a stop sign. These are a bunch of hoodlums. <laughs> no, it was all Man. it was all innocent fun. I mean, it was, we weren't <laughs> we weren't damaging anything. We weren't vandalizing intentionally. That's funny. Plus, we did our own. We did some toilet papering, but we got we got caught eventually. We, you know, toilet toilet papering was fun, but we uh, we did a couple uh, a couple fun pranks on trucks. We found some. Uh, uh, a way to do a horn pry. You guys ever heard of a horn pry? No. 
No, prize. Pry, P-R-Y. Um, I was too small to do this, but uh, my good buddy Jared was able to slide through the the back window of the cab of a truck, and uh, we'd take bailing twine and tie the doors together from one <laughs> side of the truck to the other. <laughs> and then uh, we'd bring along a, a stick, and uh, you'd pry it against the seat and the horn. <laughs> and then he, he would crawl out the back, and you'd just wait in the bushes and just watch the melee begin. <laughs> and uh, I, I've you, you can't get any better entertainment than watching a grown man in his underwear run out to the truck. He thinks it's locked. He runs back to the house. He grabbed his keys. He ran back out. And then finally realized the door was locked, and uh, he finally got the. It was an old truck, and he got the hood up and pulled the battery cables. We, and you know, we didn't see that coming. We thought for sure it would just sit there and go forever, but uh, figured out the battery cables, and that was it. That was, you would do that to total strangers. Well, no, I won't say. No, <laughs> friendly, friendly people, acquaintances. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we used to, while church was in session, me and a, a friend of mine, I won't say who, <clears throat> we would we'd skip Sunday school and we'd go out to the parking lot and any car that was unlocked, we would turn on everything in the car. Windshield wipers, radio, you name it. Uh, if you left your doors unlocked, everything in that car was in the on position. So that when people came out of church and started up their cars, <laughs> you'd see all these windshield wipers start going and, and radios blaring at full blast. And we thought that was just hilarious. Never got caught for it. No one ever saw us. <laughs> I got I got caught when I was – I got caught by Mr. Brown. Remember Brown? Yeah. Of course. Everybody yeah. remembers him. And Our neighbor. He, he kind of reminds me of uh, – the Clint Eastwood character in that one movie just did Gran Torino. He reminded me of that guy. Uh, so to get a picture of, of what he was like anyway and, and how I was caught, I was caught hanging from, remember we had that rope back at the treehouse? There was a rope on the, not the front side where you climbed up to the first floor of the treehouse. This rope was off like either the second or the third floor rooftop and it could swing out over the canal. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You guys remember that one rope? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> I was out there swinging on that rope. Um, Were you dressed? No, I, and that's the thing. You got it, man. I was not dressed. That's funny. So I'm, I was being, and I read every Edgar Rice Burroughs ever written the Tarzan series. And so I was out there being Tarzan in the treehouse and swinging from the vines, you know, and, uh, he was walking on the ditch bank right there and he stops and he's got his shovel in his hand, you know, and he stops and he's staring at me. I'm, I'm just dangling from the rope there in the middle of the air, you know, literally, and, literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and, and I kind of stopped swinging and I look at him and he looks at me and he's just got this expressionless look on his face. Just like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I just kind of slowly lowered myself down from the rope <laughs> and just walked away. <laughs> no wonder he never let any of us in his house. Seriously. He probably thought we were all kind of that way. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was that was embarrassing. My freshman year, um, up at uh, Rick's College, they had a very serious, very serious curfew for the dormitories up there, and <clears throat> there uh, there were plenty of times where uh, you know you would come in under the wire. You would be off visiting the girls' dorms. They shut their dorms down at at, uh, I don't know, remember what it was, 11 o'clock or something. But, of course, it takes 15 minutes to get back to your dorm because uh, it's a walk almost entirely across campus. After about, I'd say, two or three weeks of us continually coming in late and having a friend let us into the dorms, um, you know, we'd just bang on the door until someone would let us in. Finally, the campus, I, I don't want to call them campus police, but 
there were people who the were assigned morality patrol something like that yeah they were assigned to uh, catch anybody who was out after curfew time on campus and <clears throat> by then uh, we had uh, procured a key to the dorm so we didn't have to bang on the door anymore which was probably a very good thing so we had a key to the dorm and <clears throat> we were zipping across campus um I was zipping across campus, and uh, I could see these people walking around. I thought, uh-oh, okay, uh, got to get back to the dorm. But the way that I was headed, there was no way I could get to the door in time. Uh, they would be heading me off. So I went around to the back of the dorm. Fortunately, my room was on the first floor, and I ran up to my dorm window and started banging on it to get John Jeffs, my roommate, to open the window so that I could climb in. Meanwhile, these guys are closing in from two directions. They're coming straight at me. And finally, John gets up. He opens up the window, and I just dive through this window to get in. And they've got a, they, they've got my, my leg. They're holding on to my leg, trying to pull me back out of the window. And John's pulling me into the window. He's a big guy, so he won. And I got pulled into the window, and they got my shoe. And I slammed the window shut and pulled the drapes, and I just ripped off all my clothes and threw them into the closet, jumped into the bed, and you know, a couple seconds later, boom, 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 boom. Oh, by the way, I took my other shoe, and I threw it out the window. <laughs> and so... Boom, 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 knocking on the, you know, I did the whole, you know, slowly get up, walk to the door, pretend to be sleepy, you know, yeah, what, what's the problem, you know, <laughs> we know it was you, we got your shoe, you know, the whole Cinderella thing, we got your shoe and it'll fit and blah, 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 and I said, that's not my shoe, no, 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 when they, they went through that room, top to bottom, looking for that shoe, the other shoe didn't find it, and so they just, finally, they just walked away. Barely got away with that one. Uh, did lose my shoes, though, and I did not have another pair. Uh, so I went to class with socks for a couple of days till I got another pair of shoes. Jeez. But uh, barely, barely got away with that one. Sounds like that could be a new Cops series, James. Oh, yeah. BYU, Idaho, Rick's College. Cops. Yeah, we'll kiss these guys out past nine o'clock all the time. Well, they do a, they do a pretty good job now of clearing the sidewalks up there um, during the winter time. Though when I went up there, it wasn't the case. Those sidewalks would they'd be pretty icy and snowy. Um, and we used to sit up in the in the Manwaring Center. They had these large bay windows that looked out over campus, and the windows were set up so that they were kind of in an alcove. You could pull curtains behind you and sit kind of peacefully there in the window looking out over campus. It was actually quite nice, <clears throat> comfortable chairs. Uh, me and another friend, we uh, got these nice big white cardboard placards and wrote the numbers 1 through 10 on individual placards and just sat there in these windows watching and waiting for students to wipe out on the ice. And depending on the the, the the wipeout, how spectacular or impressive it would be, we would hold up a card uh, for our for our judge scores for their wipeout. And everybody does exactly the same thing. A person wipes out on the ice. The first thing they do is look around to see, did anybody see that? And, you know, they'd be looking around, kind of panicked, did anybody see that? Of course, these are the people who don't get hurt. And then they get up and... They turn around, and the next thing they see is us sitting up in the window holding up a eight. Uh, the look on their face was just always priceless. That didn't last too long. We got uh, we got kicked out. John, do you remember that time? Uh, I think it was toward the end of my senior year in high school. I don't remember. And I don't remember what class you were in, but uh, I came to your classroom, and I was acting all serious. And, you know, I, the teacher came to the door, and I said, hey uh, – I need to talk to my brother. And uh, so you came to the door and I said, uh, let's go. We need to go now. And you were under the impression that this was something extremely serious. Maybe something had gone wrong. And your teacher was also under the same impression. We get away from the classroom and I said, hey, let's go see a movie. <laughs> you really? remember that? Yeah, we went and saw that uh, James Bond movie. 
No way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember this. <laughs> I feel bad that I don't remember that. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it was the only time, it was the only time I ever, I mean, it was so close to the school year being over, it didn't really matter anyway, uh, all things considered. My my grades had been pretty well determined. I'm sure yours had already been determined. Uh, yeah. It was just one of those things. So we just, uh, we went out and, and caught the new James Bond movie that day. And, and, you know, never got called on it. Yeah, I remember you were pretty shocked that uh, I would even suggest such a thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't remember that. That sounds pretty cool, though. Yeah, it was, it was a good day. Well, there was there was one other work experience. I've probably got a few, but this one really sticks out in my mind, where I didn't get caught doing something that I would have gotten fired for. And it was not seen by my boss or anybody else that was in charge, and this was working at a lumberyard. And uh, I won't say that name either, but it was a big lumberyard here in town. And... Um, Part of the job was to uh, load people's trucks with uh, uh, landscaping bark, uh, however many yards. I remember you telling us this story when you got home from work. It, yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> I was shocked that it. I was shocked when it happened, and I was shocked afterwards. But um, they just they handed me the front loader, this tractor, to do it. I had never used it before. It's a, it's a simple machine, but there's still you know quite a few levers that you've got to get just right to lift the bucket, tilt the bucket, and you know do the whole thing right. And they just kind of handed me the keys and said, "Go do it." And, was, and I told them, "I don't know how to operate that. Didn't matter. Just go do it." I'm out there learning with my first customer how to use this tractor. So I'm I'm scooping it. He he, he pulls his truck up uh, next to the tractor into the area where he's going to get his his bark. His wife is sitting in the cab of the truck. He's outside of the truck watching me. So now I've got him looking over my shoulder. I managed to do everything just fine. I'm going really slow at it, and I lift the bucket up over the bed of his truck, and I, and I, tilt, the, <clears throat> I, I tilt the bucket down, and the bark falls out. A little bit of it goes over the sides, and I'm feeling pretty good. And I hit the lever to tilt the bucket a little bit more, I hit the wrong lever, and the entire bucket slams down on top of this truck. <laughs> I mean, slams hard. The front, t- the front wheels of the tractor lift up off the ground. His truck is slammed down all the way, the, you know, the wheel wells. <laughs> it's like down to the pavement. <laughs> and his wife in the cab flies back and forth, you know. It, it hits so hard that she's like, I think she hit her face on the dash. <laughs> she's like flailing in there. And I, I froze, and I hit the same lever, and the entire bucket flew back up in the air. I hit the lever again, and I slammed it back down again. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I did it over and over and over. I kept doing it back and forth, back and forth. The bucket was just going up and down like a jackhammer, just pounding this truck. And I was leaving this huge divot, you know, and his. I was wrecking his truck right there. Loads of barks flying everywhere. And he's standing there. And I, I was just frozen. I did not. Ah, it, it was like a deer cotton headlights. I was just a mess. You know? and he, he jumps up on the tractor and he, he taps me on the shoulder and he looks at me and he says, son, I'll take over from here. And I looked down and I said, that's probably a good idea. He, he, he uh, got on the tractor like it was his and continued to load his truck with this huge, big old divot in the back end. He loaded the rest of his truck, got off of the, 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 the tractor. I'm just standing there shocked. Like, I'm fired. I'm done. Um, he, he walked over to me real calm like. He says, well, I'm lucky. You're lucky I didn't bring my new truck here today. <laughs> <laughs> he says, you owe me a cup of coffee. And he left. That was it. Wow. He didn't go inside, didn't talk to anybody, didn't get angry at me. He just said, you owe me a cup of coffee next time I come around. That was it. <laughs> and I, I went back inside, just really shook up, and nobody saw it. I don't know how they didn't hear it. I mean, it was a racket. So I consider that getting away with something in a, in a big way. I, I don't know who he was, but that's, that's quite the guy. You know, he was quite the guy to do that. Yeah. One particular summer job I had, picking cherries. 
we get up, you know, early in the morning and we pick cherries all day long. <clears throat> Basically, you grab your ladders and your and your buckets and trays and whatnot. Um, and no one ever knew that it was us that did this, but uh, my friend and I who were doing this job would bring bottle rockets with us to the to the job. And when we were up in the tree and nobody could see us, we'd fire these bottle rockets off into the other trees. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you'd hear this, and all of this swearing and and just as angry voices from these other trees, and all day long you're getting dirty looks from from uh, all the other workers who were picking cherries because they knew they weren't going to be doing that to each other. It was the two gringos over there who were doing this to everybody. <laughs> it wasn't them who was doing it, and we're trying to play innocent the whole day long, but um, <clears throat> never got called on it, never got in trouble for it. Um, a couple times the bottle rocket would get caught in the tree branch right in front of us and boom, blow up right in our faces. But uh, beyond that, it was actually made the, it made a very tedious job a little bit more uh, bearable. But John, you John, you reminded me of of uh, why we really none of us should really be around heavy equipment. Um, <laughs> uh, in college, did a, a number of different jobs, and one of them in particular that I, I had a close call on that, that I got away with um, was uh, bark blowing, and it was a big uh, uh, dump truck that held thirty cubic yards of bark, and it had a pneumatic. Uh, or a hydraulic-driven uh, bed, and it would actually take the bark and put it into a compressed hose, and you could deliver bark hundreds of feet away from the truck. It was a landscape company that I worked for. Mm-hmm. And we were doing a large shopping center in Salt Lake City uh, parking lot, and I had pulled the truck uh, up to uh, these islands that were throughout the parking lot. We were blowing bark into the islands, and then we'd rake them smooth and move on to the next. And... Uh, I had pulled the truck up and took up about five parking spaces, and it was uh, at a uh, perpendicular angle to a really nice Toyota 4x4 that was parked in front of the, the bark truck. And I forgot to put the bark truck in park, and uh, but I set the, the parking brake, the air brake, and it went around to the back. And the way that you would engage the, the, uh, the motor was in the back. It would engage the throttle, and I flipped the switch, and the truck... Revved up, the engine revved up, and it was still in drive. <laughs> and I'm at the back of this massive truck, and I I can I noticed the truck lurch forward momentarily, and then it, it made its way through the parking brake. And I'm running alongside the truck as it goes towards this nice Toyota 4x4 truck. <laughs> and I jump up in the cab just in time to see the truck being pushed as I'm. The, the the Toyota in front of me is being pushed to this parking stall next to it, <laughs> and you can hear the tires going. <laughs> and I, I get it out of gear and I, I reverse it, and the guy I'm working with is just shaking his head like you are so screwed. <laughs> and I was, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm a dead man. Well, the the dump truck had a flat face. You can picture those big uh, dump trucks. They don't have a, um, a, you know, engine's not out. It's actually underneath the cab. And so it had a flat face but a very wide, flat bumper. Mm. And I look at this Toyota, and I'm I'm expecting to see the door bashed in, the mirror gone, the bed of the truck scratched. There's not a scratch on it anywhere. <laughs> it is completely unblemished. And the reason is they had put a lift on the truck and put oversized tires that stuck out wider than the body. Oh, man. Oh, wow. And the bumper connected with the tires and just pushed it. And uh, it was in the middle of the next parking stall, and I thought, (laughs) thought, well, if the driver doesn't catch this, I guess I'm home free. (laughs) But if they if they do, I got to be right here to fess up and just to you know let's check this thing out, make sure everything works. And so it was a very long half an hour while they were in there or whatever. But I I remember they came out and I just watched and I thought, well, because there was nothing wrong with this truck at all. And they just got in, drove off, and I I felt like okay, well, <laughs> I, I'd rather be lucky than good on most days. So uh, I'll take that as just being lucky. 
Oh, that was got, lucky. Got away with that one. Yeah, you did. Wow. That's lucky. I remember one um, one snow trip. We went up into the mountains. Uh, I think it was the place was Silver Creek. No, not Silver Creek. I don't remember. It was a it was a hot springs up there, and we would always go tubing close by uh, on some of these camping trips, and then we would uh, then we would jump into the hot hot springs later on, <clears throat> and. I'd been up there enough times to remember where it was okay to go tubing and where it was not okay to go tubing. And there were a bunch of younger scouts on this particular trip. And uh, (laughs) we just told the younger scouts where to go tubing, which was basically this run that would take them and drop them off a little cliff down into the the stream below. And (laughs) it was... (laughs) It was just so much fun to watch all these 12, 13-year-old kids get on their tubes and go sailing down this side of this mountain and then just drop off this cliff into the water. (laughs) And, And we're all standing up there just laughing our heads off. Of course, you know, we didn't get into any trouble because they did not know that we knew that you know, and, and so on and so forth. Then we moved on further up the trail and to the place where there was no danger tubing. But it was a lot of fun to watch them just disappear off the edge of that cliff. <laughs> Completely harmless. No, you know, no harm, no, no injury. Just wet and cold for a little while. Well, I think Joseph, you win the award for not having anything to uh, confess to. Or <laughs> I was just, I was trying to think. Nothing, just, nothing uh... that you you feel comfortable. Uh, I always got caught. Was, <laughs> yeah, you guys. That's what I was going to say. You always got caught. Man, that was that bad luck. It was just stupid, I guess. Uh, well, I think that um, on that note, we'll call it an evening. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it an evening and, and let that be that. Uh, I enjoy, as always, getting together and discussing these wonderful topics with you. Um, I have it in my mind that our next podcast will be um, <clears throat> probably toward the end of the year. Um, we'll see how the, the schedules work out until then. But until then, thanks I, again. I, just, oh, I, yes. I, just, I also just wanted to let everybody know um, this entire podcast, I, I, I didn't have any clothes on. <laughs> I've been sitting here comfortably naked the entire time. Yes. <laughs> oh, John. If Is they didn't the study with the glass doors, <laughs> <laughs> they don't mind. They're used to it. John, if they weren't if they weren't saying grande, they were saying poquito. <laughs> uh, I know that wonderful note, gentlemen. Good night. Good night. Uh, good night. Good night, everybody.